What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me here for this Thursday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. This is a Sports Ethos presentation, and I am your host, Joe Orico. You guys can hit me up over on Twitter, at JoeOrico99, and also at EthosFantasyBB. Those are the two accounts where you can get all of our baseball and fantasy baseball content that'll be published throughout the rest of the season, the last couple of weeks, into the offseason, and of course, heading into next year, which also does bring me to the point that we are hiring here at Sports Ethos. If you are somebody who is interested in baseball, basketball, football, or even hockey, all four major sports, and we're also, you know, we do some tennis stuff, and I mean, I'm sure if there's any kind of sport that you're interested in, if you're passionate enough about it, we would we would hear what you have to say. But specifically, we're interested in bringing on baseball, football, and basketball people. And if you're listening to this podcast, I would assume that baseball would be your weapon of choice there. So if you are a writer and maybe you want to just start talking about your favorite team, maybe you want to write fantasy articles, maybe you want to talk about whatever to do with sports, we are hiring here at Sports Ethos. So do send me a message at JoeOrico99. You can reach out to at Dan Bespris as well. He's another person who is great to contact on these matters. And we'll get you talking with the right people, whether it be us who are the right people or other members of the company, whether it be for football or other stuff you want to get into. We have a bunch of positions that we are looking to uh, expand upon here. So please do send me a message if it's something that you think you would be interested in. But that's enough of the preambles. Let's talk about some of the actual stuff that happened yesterday and will be happening today. So if you guys are new to the show, I doubt that there's anybody new coming into Fantasy Podcast this time of year. But we typically go through yesterday's top performers, usually the top five or six guys, talk about them for a few minutes, analyze what they did, can we expect it to continue, that sort of thing. We then will talk about the waiver wire, see who's being added up, who's being dropped today, what makes sense, what doesn't. And then finally, before I let you guys go, I will typically give you guys my matchup of the evening, which I had actually forgot to do. I think it was on Tuesday. And then yesterday, I chose the Gosman and Wheeler showdown, which was actually really, really good. Uh, these guys, I think it was seven innings they went without allowing a run on either side. And then in the eighth, it kind of just blew apart. But those guys, that was a fantastic matchup. Uh, I think the under was actually, did we get the under on this one? I didn't actually bet this game, but I think the under was six and seven and a half, six and a half. Eight and a half. Oh, wow, it finished, came in at eight and a half. So, yeah, if you got the under on that one, you were very happy. But we are going to talk about what we usually do here. We'll look at yesterday's top performers first off. So, Blake Snell, number one with a bullet from yesterday. Although, maybe I shouldn't say with a bullet. There's another guy who you could throw in that conversation as well. Maybe even a couple. But I think Blake Snell takes the cake here. Seven innings, 13 strikeouts, two walks, and two hits. Against St. Louis, I might add. This was not some... Pirates or Nationals or Athletic Start where he strikes out 13 and you're like, okay, I could strike out 13 against the, the Athletics kind of thing. So it's against St. Louis, which is one of the best offenses in all of baseball. And I believe without having the number in front of me that their WRC plus against left-handers is the best in baseball. So this is a very impressive start from Blake Snell. I believe this was a season high for him in pitches. It was 117. Now, this is where I feel like I've said this kind of thing a few times recently, and forgive me if it's something that you have heard me say in the last couple of days, but if your season ends this week, then anybody who pitches yesterday and forward, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, as soon as they pitch, you can drop them. We're talking starting pitching here. Obviously, relievers will be a little bit different, but if you have a starting pitcher like Blake Snell and this is your championship week, you can cut him. It's, if it's going to feel weird to do, I'm sure, in a lot of places, but I was just looking at a couple of my teams yesterday and really thinking like, oh, there's a couple of fringy starters for Saturday, for Sunday. Are they worth holding on to? And most of the time right now, the answer is going to be yes. 
if you have someone pitching Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you guys can cut them because they're not going to be pitching again, assuming this is your championship week. Those guys are done for the season for you. You can cut them and hold on to those guys who might be a touch fringier, uh, maybe not even fringier, just maybe a little bit riskier, I guess is the, is the right word to use there. So drop Blake Snell and pick up somebody who's going to be going this weekend. Now, there are obviously a bunch of different variables here. If you're trying to preserve ratios, you're not just going to be blindly streaming. There's things, things that have to be considered in that, in that nature. But, like, let's say Wade Miley versus Pittsburgh, which is going to be on Saturday versus Blake Snell next week uh, against the Dodgers. I think it's going to be Monday, Tuesday. It's really, really important here that you know what's going on in your league. And I, I know you guys do generally know what's going on in your leagues, but if you're not really paying attention and you just see that Blake Snell did so well on this start, he's not going to be dropped a lot. And I don't think it would have been that many teams that dropped him today. We'll look at that a little bit later. But he's definitely going to have no value left if your week ends this season, where Wade Miley will have another start later on this week. So if you're really worried about your ratios, then this is not necessarily your bag, this kind of strategy. But if you're just hoping for wins, for counting stats, then drop these guys. I know it's going to feel weird. You're going to have guys who were on your team most of the year, and it's, it's going to feel kind of strange to drop them with a week to go. But clearing up that roster spot, keeping an, a space open for a guy like Miley, first example came to my mind, who has a great start against the Pirates. I know he didn't have a great one earlier in the week, but it's the kind of gamble that you kind of have to take in some cases if you're especially behind in counting stats. Obviously, the ratios are a whole different ball game, but if you're behind, you need, you know, 10, 12 strikeouts, a couple of wins, whatever. Blake, Blake Snell's going to do absolutely nothing for you, and you can say that for every single pitcher who did pitch yesterday. So guys like Tristan McKenzie, Jordan Lyles, Jesus Lazardo. Lance McCullers, Logan Webb, uh, Madison Bumgarner, Kevin Gosman, Robbie Ray, Miles Michaelis. If these guys, if you are in your championship week, they're done. They're that's they have contributed all they are going to contribute for the season. And I know I've said that a couple times, but I don't think everybody, you guys are listening here intently every single episode. This isn't the Sopranos. You know, you can miss an episode and still get by here. So if you did miss something earlier along those lines, it's something that I've been repeating. Um, fairly consistently this last week that once they're done, they're done. They're not going to do any good. Their name is going to look nice on your team. But at the end of the day, you're going to want to add up that production that you can in those last couple of days. So uh, we'll, we'll move on. But Blake Snell, as great as he was, if your league ends this week, he's probably a drop. Next week, he faces the Dodgers early in the week. So it's a little bit risky. Probably you're going to be holding on. You're almost definitely going to be holding on in that case. But just know the situation. You can really gain an advantage just by taking five minutes and going through your app or going through the MLB.com app, Yahoo, whatever you're using, just to figure out when the next start is going to be. That's really, really important this time of year. The next guy that we're going to talk about had a very similar day to Blake Snell. This is Tristan McKenzie. He went eight innings. He also struck out 13, but he allowed two earned runs and six hits. Now, he did this in 100 pitches over eight innings. Very impressive stuff from Tristan McKenzie. He's been great really the entire season, but specifically over these last couple of weeks, last last three starts, really, he's been he's been fantastic. If you look at what he's done for the entire season now, I was wrong. I, I thought he would not sustain this the whole year. I thought that he was someone who was a prime sell-high candidate maybe in, I guess it would have been May or June. But for the season, Tristan McKenzie has a 3.04 ERA and a .96 whip, 11 wins, 11 losses, and 180 strikeouts in 180 and a third innings. Now, I thought that he would be more of in the 10... 10.5K per nine kind of range. He's right on one strikeout per inning, which is 
totally cool. You will take that production, especially with the great ratios. 11 wins is, it's fine, right? Uh, wins are wins are very hard to come by. So, I mean, even if it was zero, that's the thing with wins. You can't really hold it against them. It's just it's just the nature of the beast there. But you'll you'll take this production from Tristan McKenzie absolutely now. I'll transfer this because I don't want to, you know, mention every pitcher. You can drop him after that. You can drop him after that. No, that that piece of advice has been given. I don't want to repeat it, talk about any more of these pitchers for today. But obviously, it does still apply. If you guys are done this week, then you can drop them. I want to start thinking a, a little bit more about next season, just to generally, gradually, I should say, start getting our brains thinking about where we are going to be drafting uh, these players. So. I'm going to pull up the ADP from last season and take a look at where Tristan McKenzie was going. And off the top of my head, I honestly cannot remember. Let's see where he was going. His ADP across all NFBC formats was 227. Uh, you're not getting him that low this season. Let me check main events here real quick. Uh, 188. I would say probably he's going to be knocking on the door of the top 100 for sure. Uh, he'll be... Somewhere in that range, I would say, probably around pick 100 for Tristan McKenzie. And if that's the case, I'm going to be pretty pretty in at, at that point. I think it's probably going to be a fair price. Uh, yeah, about 100, I think. It's still so early. I'm still I'm trying to slowly start to build the, the shell, the outer shell of some rankings for next season and just thinking where, where he would rank, even just among other starting pitchers. And he's got to be in the top 30-ish, right? Top roughly the top 30, I think. I'm going to pull together some rankings and I think have them, by the time Arizona Fall League comes around, I'll try and have a first batch of rankings. I'm not going to promise that. I'm going to try and stick with that by the time the first week or so of November comes. Hopefully I'll have a tentative top 250-ish that we can uh, play around with a little bit here on the show. And maybe I'll just do a couple shows where I just go through it with you and I come in without really knowing what's going to happen with that batch of players for one day, and then I'll just talk it through. Because a lot of the time, I come in here, and it's not always with a fully formed opinion. This is essentially Dan Vespers described it the best. The, these shows, are, or his show in particular, and I've tried to model it a bit after his, it's like Curb Your Enthusiasm. The way Larry David writes Curb Your Enthusiasm, there's three, four, five general points you want to hit throughout the episode, and then the rest is kind of just filled in ad lib. So sometimes we'll have a full-blown plan, more often than not, I have three or four points that I want to cover, and then we do end up getting to it. So there'll be a couple of days probably with rankings where I'll just sit down. Maybe I'll put out some Twitter questions and whatnot. You know, five, seven players we'll throw out there. We'll just try and rank them for the day because we're about to have, is it six months, six full months of the offseason? October, November, December, January, February, I guess, five full months, and then March you can... Hard to say March is the off season. It's like the buildup. But we got a lot, <clears throat> excuse me, we have a lot of time to fill in the next few months. So I'll be interested to see what you guys want to be hearing, actually, just to, to go off on a little tangent there. If you guys have certain kind of content you want to be seeing during the offseason, we'll be taking requests because there will be a lot of dead air to be filling. We'll do as many rankings and lookbacks and sleepers and bus shows as we can, but with no games going on for five-plus, close to six months, it's going to be kind of hard. So we'll do a lot of mailbags. We'll do a lot of question shows. If you guys have an idea for a show, players you want me to go over or whatever, shoot me a DM. Uh, you know, message me, whatever, and or even just tweet at me, and we'll try and uh, get you something that you want to see, because like I said, there's going to be a lot of time to fill uh, over these next few months, but to bring it back to Tristan McKenzie, the dude is a stud. I, I thought he would probably fall off a little bit earlier in the year. <clears throat> I was wrong. He's been, he's been great. 
Let's talk about Glaber Torres here for a second. Man, I screwed up big time in my home league. I dropped him literally like the day before this this whole hit streak started. I feel like a moron, but that's fantasy for you. It does happen. These last two weeks, he has been outrageous. If I didn't have Ahmed Rosario and Dalton Varsho on those teams, that one specific team, uh, I would have been dead in the water. Glaber has been like just unreal, unconscious for two weeks now. 18 for his last 49 Four homers, 10 runs, 14 ribbies, and even two stolen bases. For the season, 23 homers, 67 RBIs, 70 runs, nine steals. It's been more Glaber, uh, certainly, than what we saw last year, where he had nine home runs. He drove in 51. He stole a few more bases last year. But this production, this season from him, has been has been really fantastic. If Glaber can keep this up for the next week or so, a week and a half, whatever is left in the season, I think it's we're, we're just inside of two weeks now. If he can keep that up then he can finish as the top 100 player. According to Yahoo's algorithm, he's the 111th ranked player for the season, which is still, I mean, totally, totally fine for Glaber. Second and short eligibility. You'll absolutely take that. But if he can sneak inside the top 100, it'll probably, I don't know, it won't really actually mean anything. I think it's more of just something that we look back on and say like, oh, he was a top 100 guy, top 100. If you're like the 108th ranked guy, 105th ranked guy, it doesn't really matter so much the production you're giving versus the 98th ranked guy. You know, if there's five or seven spots of difference there, it's more about just the visuals. And, you know, when you're talking about players, it just makes it a little smoother. And I know that these players couldn't give a shit about it, but just in terms of the way we talk about it, if you can say he was a top 100 guy last year, it just makes it a little bit easier. And I think that we probably will see him reach those heights. So, I mean, I feel like an absolute fool for dropping him. I didn't even say what he did yesterday. Two home runs, four runs, five RBIs, three hits, and a walk. It was 43.1 points on Yahoo Fantasy uh, standard scoring. So really, really ridiculous. Like this last couple weeks, he's been a league winner. I can't believe I dropped him. But we'll move on because I don't want to get too sad here on the program. We'll talk about Jordan Lyles. Some happy news. This guy threw a complete game yesterday. Three hits, one earned run, and six strikeouts fantastic shit from Jordan Lyles. Now, he is in line next week. Uh, I haven't really looked at the schedule, but just taking a look at it here, I'm realizing that he will have a two-start week next week. If you do go into next week, a couple of my leagues do, it'll be Boston on Monday, and I do want to check with you. See, this is what I was talking about, about the whole improv kind of thing. Part of it's scripted, part of it's not. This is where we don't really have so much uh, in terms of the scripting, but Monday, we have uh, the Red Sox, and then later in the week, uh, it's the Yankees. It's a tough two-step. You're going to have to be pretty ballsy to grab him ahead of that one. Uh, ah, man, I, I would feel like it's it's there's a potential for that to be a really good week for him, too. The Yankees, I know they've picked it up a little bit here, but for the most part, it's been Aaron Judge and then, and then the rest. These last three games, they've scored a hell of a lot of runs, Milwaukee and then Pittsburgh twice. Does that necessarily mean that they're back? I don't know. It's tricky. I'd start him against Boston. I'd start him against Boston, and then the Yankee one is a little bit trickier there. That's going to be something where we'll get into it more over the weekend and when we talk about two-star pitchers for next week, which will be the last two-star uh, pitching segment that we do for the season, actually. It makes me want to cry, but it'll be the last time we do that because the next week after that will just be, I think it ends on Wednesday. So, I don't know how many two-star guys we're going to have next week, but he should be one of them. Um, I'm interested to see what he does there. Boston, I would be interested against Boston. The Yankees is uh, is a little bit more uh, a little bit more of a tricky call there. But we'll we'll reevaluate Jordan Lyles as we get uh, a little bit closer to the weekend. 
A couple more of these guys who were doing really well yesterday. We'll just go over them quickly. Jesus Lazardo, six and two-thirds, 11 strikeouts, one earned run. Uh, James Caprellian, seven innings, six strikeouts, no earned runs. Lance McCullers, seven innings, eight strikeouts, two earned. And Logan Webb, five and a third, shutout innings at Coors Field. Very impressive. And I guess I should mention my boy, Kevin Gosman, six innings, eight strikeouts, two walks, and five hits. He remains one of the most underrated pitchers in all of baseball, but I won't go on so much because I could literally do an entire show. I could do a week's worth of shows about how great Kevin Gosman is and how undervalued he is in the public eye. The guy wasn't even an all-star this year. He's, uh, man, just watch one of his starts. If you guys don't watch Kevin Gosman regularly, I know we're kind of running out of time on the year here, but make sure you watch his next start. The dude is just so good. But we will move on. We will move into our waiver wire portion of the show where I'll just go through the most added and drop players today across fantasy baseball. Now, Big time number here for Hayden Wisniewski. I believe I'm pronouncing that one right. 14,000 ads today. That is a big number. We haven't seen one of those in a while. Usually the most added player is anywhere from five to 8,000 ads, maybe over 10 some days. But this is a big one here. Hayden Wisniewski. It's <laughs> By the time you guys hear this, it'll be over 15,000 for sure. And I think this is because his last time out was against Colorado. He sponged seven innings of one-run ball. It's totally understandable. The previous time out that, uh, before that, excuse me, was against San Francisco. He was not the greatest. And then before that, it was very solid five innings against Cincinnati. So for the year, 15 and two-thirds innings, 18 strikeouts, a 2.30 ERA. I I think that this is okay. I think he's, I don't know so, so much about the dude. His stats in the minors are okay. Uh, he's pitched to a 3.68 ERA through 67 games down there, uh, 47 starts. I think he's fine. I think that this is solely a matchup-based ad here. It's because he's facing Pittsburgh. If he was facing any other team or any other reasonable team here, I think that he'd probably be left alone on waiver wires. It's one where it's hard for me to really say yes or no. And uh, at the risk of sounding repetitive here, know your categories. Know what you need. If you need to hope for a few more strikeouts, pray for a win, then maybe he's your dude. But I don't think he's... I don't know. I don't think he's the be-all and end-all. It's not a great day for streaming here today. I'd probably just leave your ads alone, if I'm going to be honest with you. Hunter Green makes for a fairly interesting start. He's the next guy being added up. He's coming off of two excellent outings in a row. If you can still grab him, then he's probably uh, someone I'd be a little bit more comfortable with, specifically if you're just in need of specific stats, like strikeouts. If you just need strikeouts, Hunter Green is your dude for tonight, 46% rostered. Now, that obviously comes with a lot of other shit, but there are a chance that or there is a chance, Jesus, that you guys already have your categories kind of roughly figured out. Maybe your ERA is blown to hell. It's over seven. There's no point trying to get it back down to a reasonable number. So you don't care as much about a blow-up factor. You're more looking for your counting stats. Then guys like Hunter Green, guys like uh, Hayden Wisniewski, they're, they're totally fine. I would prioritize Green, but I think that they're both okay in certain situations. As we keep going down the list here, I don't have a warm and fuzzy feeling about Mitch Keller. He's been added up quite a bit. Now, he's been good over the last month. He's got a 2-2 ERA, a 1.19 whip. Uh, he's striking out more batters than he has thrown innings pitched. 29 strikeouts in 28 innings. That's all good stuff. I just don't know if this guy can really keep that up consistently. We've seen him be kind of shaky this year. Now, he gets Chicago. The thing is, when you get this kind of start where it's two fairly poor pitchers. I mean, Mitch Keller's not terrible. He's not great. Poor pitchers, poor teams going up against each other like this, you rarely see a low-scoring game. There's nothing scientific about what I'm about to say, but when there is these kind of, you know, kind of shit matchups, typically you see a lot of runs get put on the board. 
there's no data I can back that up with, but it's just something that over the years of watching baseball, you see it happen more often than not. So I would be very surprised if one of these dudes doesn't get blown up. If this game ends two to one or three to one or something like that, I would be really surprised. I think it's probably best to stay away unless you're at the point where you don't care anymore. Hunter Green is is my dude for tonight. Michael Lorenzen, he's been added up a little bit. His game already started. Very indifferent about a Michael Lorenzen stream. He's pretty okay, but he's nothing nothing too great. He's ranked 730th, which is not very high, but it's higher than a lot of other dudes simply because that he has seven uh, seven wins for the season. Low strikeouts, bad ratios. He's gotten some lucky wins, which inflates that ranking a little bit, but it's nothing really uh, to worry about here. Tony Kemp is the next guy being added up. We've talked about Tony Kemp already. I think once this week or maybe, yeah, I think it was just the once this week where we mentioned Tony Kemp. But he's been hitting home runs. Uh, he's had three in the last two weeks. He's 14 for his last 39. He's stealing a couple bases in that time frame. He's just not very consistent. Now, this time of year, you only really need another possibly only three, four games. Maybe you need another week or so of production from him. If you're just adding him up, hoping that, you know, I mean, if your week, if your season ends this week and you're hoping for, you know, a couple of good games against him, He's facing the Mets. They're facing the Mets these next few games. And I know for sure, I'm going to check who the scheduled starters are, that Scherzer's starting one of those games. So if you're looking for ads based on matchup, that's probably not a great one. So it's going to be Bassett in the first one, and then DeGrom, and then Scherzer. So you guys tell me if you trust Tony Kemp against those three arms. For me, it's probably not really going to be worth it. I'd be totally all right to just leave him alone on waiver wires. Now, George Kirby... He's more than likely already added in your league. Maybe you're in a 10-teamer and you can get lucky. He's up to 78% rostered now. We've been saying it since he was down in the 40s that George Kirby needs to be rostered. One of the guys that I think a lot of people hit on this season. He's just been so good. He's just been so, so good, and the percentages weren't really catching up to that for quite some time. Now they more or less have at 78, but there might be some leagues still that are more generally inactive. You may still have money on the line where George Kirby is sitting there on waiver wires. He starts against Oakland today. He would be the priority if you can find him. I, I really doubt that you will. But just, you know, go into the search bar and see if you can find him out there. It's, it's not likely, but if, it is, if he is there, uh, he would definitely be the, uh, the poison of choice for tonight. Let's keep it going and talk about some of the drops. Bailey Ober is the number one drop today. He allowed three earned runs in five innings. It was not terrible but only three strikeouts is really not going to do it so much for you. He's a drop. Now, these this drop section, these last couple days, and specifically now as we move into every day until the rest of the regular season, will be some weird names. It'll be guys where you wouldn't necessarily expect them to be dropped in a lot of cases, like Dustin May, but it's like I said at the beginning. If you are done for the season, there's no point holding on to them. So Dustin May, he had a rough go of it. He gave up five runs. He's a drop. Even if he didn't give up five runs, he's probably a drop. Matt Manning. Uh, what did Matt Manning do? It was three earned runs over five and a third. Not terrible. Five total runs. Only three of them were earned. Uh, but yeah, he's a drop. Um, let's see. Bryce Elder. His start was actually very good. Five and two thirds. One run ball. Uh, no decision against the Nationals. But every guy here, I don't need to give you so much analysis. They're all going to be drops. Taiwan Walker is another one, and obviously, like I don't want to keep saying it, but if your league goes into next week, then just disregard what I'm saying here. Most of them are done this week, so that's why that's where I'm generally putting my advice. These guys, they're all drops. Ryan Nelson, he went on the 15-day IL. He's got a right scapula uh, inflammation, What, whatever the hell. I actually don't even know what that. Oh, it's in his shoulder. Okay, 
scapula. I'm not I'm not great with uh, medical terminology, but Ryan Nelson had looked pretty promising. Now he is a drop as well. All these guys are drops. Like all your pitchers, that's something you guys have to really, really do this season. And uh, Shane McClanahan is someone that I'm pretty close to dropping. I don't know. He's supposed to make his next start, and it's Sunday. Now my week ends on Sunday. If there's any kind of shit with McClanahan, he's a drop. I just I I really want to burn that point into your heads because you'll see a lot of rosters if you look across your your league today. And look at guys who pitched yesterday, they should have been the first drops. A lot of them, I'm guessing, weren't because your guys in your league are just probably not as with it. Not everybody's listening to podcasts, absorbing content, paying that much attention to it. It is a game, after all. This is something that people do as a hobby. You can still make some money off of it. You can still really, um, you know, not even just make money, but you get your bragging rights and whatever with your friends, which is as as important to me as it is to win a couple hundred dollars to be able to say, yeah, I, I won that championship. So just pay that little bit of extra attention. There's only a week or so left. I know you guys want to be setting your NFL lineups and doing your NBA mock drafts and all the rest of it. But if you just pay attention for these last couple of weeks, I think you'll really be rewarded. So all the rest of these drops, really, they're all dudes who pitched yesterday. Even Jordan Lyles, just to further go and prove the point, he threw a complete game and he's been dropped. And even though he's got that two start, which might be a little bit risky, like we said, but you're dropping somebody because they're no longer going to be of value to you. In terms of any position players being dropped, really not so many. Brandon Nimmo has, but he's going to undergo an MRI. I'm not sure if he's even going to play anymore. Who, who knows what they're going to do? They might just sit him out until the playoffs. There's no need for the Mets to push anybody, which is why I'm a little bit worried about how deep DeGrom and Scherzer go in these starts. But we'll talk about that tomorrow. Uh, Yandy Diaz, he's another guy who has a shoulder injury. He's held out of the lineup. It's unclear how long he will miss. So, if you guys really need that production, Andy Diaz, he's a drop. I would I would probably try and hold on if you can, just put him on the bench. But there's some of you who do not have that luxury right now, or it's a deep league or what have you, and you just have no choice. Eduardo Escobar, he's another guy who's being dropped. He's been kind of cold for the last, I don't know, few games after going completely bananas there for a while. I'm pretty indifferent with Eduardo Escobar. He's got great eligibility. He's still in the midst of a kind of a hot streak, even though it's been a couple of cold games. That doesn't necessarily end it for me. A couple of offers does not necessarily uh, put the nails in the coffin. He could still have a couple of good games left in him, and I think he probably will. So combined with the eligibility, I think Eduardo Escobar is probably worth holding on to, even if you have to bench him for a couple games. Uh, everything is so individualized. You might have to drop him, but I think Eduardo Escobar is probably going to be worth holding on to here. Before I let you guys go, I do want to talk about my matchup of the evening. If you guys have had a chance to go through the different games tonight, you probably know which one this is. But it's going to be Julio Urias and Zach Gallen. It's There's really nothing that, that close. You might want to watch the Verlander start simply because he's trying to secure a Cy Young, which it looks like he probably will uh, at this point. I was thinking McClanahan still had a chance, but I, I don't think so anymore. He can really secure it here with a good start tonight. Even if he has a bad start, it, it's still probably his. But if you are interested in seeing, probably, perhaps, uh, don't want to speculate too much, but it could be, you know, the last few starts we see from Verlander. If he, let's say the Astros win the World Series this season, I don't know that we'd see Verlander come back, especially if he wins the Cy Young and they win a World Series. I wouldn't, personally, at his age. Is, is he 40 yet, or is he 30? He's 39. He's going to be 40 uh, in February. So I don't know that he would come back for another season. There might only be a handful of the starts left in his career. That might be worth watching as well. But Julio Urias and Zach Gallen, obviously Zach Gallen, he's cooled off now these last couple of starts. 
But he went on a complete tear, and even in these last couple starts, nothing crazy. Two earned runs, three earned runs. For the season, a 2.52 ERA and a .92 whip. On the other side, Julio Urias, I think after last year we were kind of, eh, you know, I think he won 20 games. He was the only 20-game winner, and we were thinking, playing for the Dodgers, he doesn't strike out that many batters. How valuable really is he? Well, he has a 2.27 ERA, a .95 whip, and he's striking out nearly a batter per inning. Uh, to go along with his 17 victories. Julio Urias, for the season, he is the 10th-ranked player, according to Yahoo. He is just inside the first round worth of talent. And you know he's another guy you can ask, where will he be drafted next season? I think he's earned to be drafted you know, second, third round at this point. He's proven it for multiple years. So I don't want to get into that so much here. This is where I just focus on the pitching matchup. But he's really turned into one of the more consistently dominant pitchers uh, in all of baseball. And it's not just the fact that he pitches for the Dodgers. The dude is just elite. But I do want to leave you guys there. I do want to wish you guys good luck because we are into the crunch time. Every show this time of year, I am trying to wish you guys the best of luck because that's really what a lot of this comes down to. Even if you drafted a great team, it's, you could have a bad week and that's it. So best of luck to everybody. Please do hit us up over on Twitter at JoeOrico99 and at EthosFantasyBB. All of our content gets posted out from there, shows, articles, the works. Everything is over on Twitter and at SportsEthos.com. So rate, review, subscribe, download, do all that great stuff, and we'll see you again tomorrow to wrap up the week. Cheers, everybody. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.